Amen. Um, the Lord took, took me back to this um, message from Brother Mike Gonzalez. My date is April 18th, 2020. So that was early stages of COVID time frame uh, when he spoke. I, I actually think it was, um, I think it was one of the Zoom type meetings that we had with him. Yeah, he came in person a few times and he also spoke via Zoom a few times. Um, but I think I remember watching this sitting on my patio because I couldn't leave the house then. Um, but the, the statement that he made that I feel like the Lord brought back to me uh, is, it, it says, the Spirit of God flows like water. We don't want to be the resistance that he has to flow around. We want to jump in and flow with him. I think I, the Lord gives me a visual um, picture of that. What? Just imagine any kind of stream of water, great or small, and when it meets resistance, it either does... Uh, it does one of two things. It either knocks it down and takes it with it, or if, it's, if the resistance is strong enough, it simply flows around it. I liken that to the Spirit of God flowing. Now, the Spirit of God flowing, I think we, um, if we're not careful, we, we put that into the context of church services. Because that's usually when we expect a move of God the most. Thankfully, he moves when we gather here. Um, I appreciate that. I don't want to take that for granted. But this idea of the flow of his spirit is not just for church time. In fact, really, the flow of his, of his spirit during church time is a byproduct of the flow of his spirit at other times, or I guess I would say at all times. I'm just going to be real and honest with you guys if I can. I, uh, I grew up in church, Pentecostal churches my whole life, and... Um, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty myself. I'm not trying to point the fingers at anybody else at any other time. I've done this myself more than I would even care to admit. You think, well, it's time for church, so it's time to get in the flow. It's time for church, so it's time to get right. It's time for church, so it's time. Whatever you, whatever you think, um, however you would uh, relate to that, but that was me, especially because... From the time I was a, a teenager and on, I usually had something to do at church. You know, I was either playing music, singing with the choir, asked to uh, be in, involved with youth services or things like that. So I carried a sense of responsibility. And with that sense of responsibility came, well, I'm responsible for getting in the Holy Ghost before church. And if I don't, we're, I'm going to be in trouble, and we're all going to be in trouble. Or actually, probably what most often happened to me was I thought somebody's going to know 
if I don't, if I can just be totally honest with you. I, my, my feeling was, if I'm not spiritual enough, if I'm not prayed up, then everybody, it's like there's going to be a spotlight on me, and everybody's going to be like, oh, there's one that didn't get right before service. Well, there's an, e- there's an element of pride in that, really, that says it's about me, and it's about my issues, and it's about my circumstances that I bring with me. Um, it's, all, it's true, it's, it's valid to say that you do need to get right, especially if you're going to carry any weight of responsibility, but I'm trying to uh, zoom this out from the lens of church time when I'm talking about the flow of the Spirit. Zoom it out from church time because, honestly, if that is my um, approach, then what, what I'm really admitting is it's okay to not have that approach the rest of the time, the rest of the week, the rest of the whatevers or a time when I don't have a weight of responsibility on me. Um, that's not a, it's not an accurate mindset. For those that missed this at the beginning, what I said, a quote from Brother Mike Gonzalez, the Spirit of God flows like water, and it meets resistance, and it either flows around it or knocks it over and carries it with it. Um, I've seen it many, many times play out in such a way that there is a powerful, I'm going to put it back into church time context for a minute, uh, there is a powerful move of God taking place, and if you are spiritually in tune, you can even sometimes pick up on where the resistance is because you can, you can tell that the Holy Ghost is just flowing right around. I'm not picking on you, Brother Vance. Just an example. The Holy Ghost is flowing right around the resistance to do whatever else it's going to do. And you can pick up on that. But that's, that's what it does. Now, again, we're using the context of a church service as an example. But if, that's, if, if it's that evident in a one or two hour window of time throughout our whole week, it's really that much more magnified, if you think about it, throughout a full week or really throughout a person's life. When I was a kid in Memphis, they had this water park called Adventure River. And a lot of different things you could do at that water park. Uh, they had one, though, as like a lazy river that you just float it, right? You get an inner tube or a board or something, and, and you know, you s- where you start, you it probably take you 15, 20 minutes to get all the way around this. And it's, it's not moving fast at all. It's just a little bit of a current. And as a kid... I didn't see the, ra- the relaxation part of that. I saw the, I can come and go. I can get where I want without having to move. I can get out and get back in. 
And if that's what we did a lot of times. If me and my friends, we would get out, go back, get in, get out, go back, get back in. And that's all fun and games at a water park. But if I'm talking about the flow of the Spirit of God, I don't want to be getting out knowing, hey, he's still flowing. So whatever point I'm ready to jump back in, back in the flow, and then get out again. So, well, he's still flowing, so I'll jump back in. The problem with that is, if everybody is supposed to be moving together, flowing together, you get out long enough and get back in, all of a sudden you're alone. Everybody's way past you. Anybody ever felt like that in your walk with the Lord? Man, they're all stri- making great strides. They're just they're moving right along. The Lord is taking them places, and I'm just back here floundering. I might as well just get out again for a little bit and then get back in and flounder some more. His spirit moves like water. It flows like water. The other thing that it does to resistance is it wears on resistance. You could have a very rigid person, a person who is resisting the Lord, resisting to the Holy Ghost, and doesn't want anything good to happen, doesn't want the, the Spirit of God to move them, so they're stiff. I'm not going to respond to what I feel. I'm not going to open up to what the Lord is doing. Over time, that water wears on that object, and I don't mean this in a good way. I mean it's going to split it. It's going to damage it. I don't know that I've ever really thought about it this way, but perhaps, let me just pose it this way, perhaps one of the worst things we can do is be unmoved by the presence of God when the presence of God is wanting to move us. Because all I'm doing is posing resistance to it. I don't want that to be my life. don't want that to be a reflection of my life. Why don't we stand? I'd like us to just have a time of prayer before I turn this over to Brother Hart. Lord Jesus, I want your spirit to move me. God, I want to flow with your spirit. God, I believe that you are always moving. You are always working. You're always wanting to take your people somewhere. You're always wanting to share. You're always wanting to grow us, Lord. You have a plan and a purpose in each life, God. And it is not to remain stagnant at any point, Lord Jesus. But you are always working. You are always working, Lord Jesus. God, I pray, work in me. Let your Spirit work in me in my life, God. I want to be open to it, Lord Jesus. I don't want to resist it. 
God, I don't want to be an object of resistance to the flow of your Spirit. Jesus, I want your Spirit to be able to flow in my life. I want it to be able to move me, God. Take me with the current of your Spirit, Lord Jesus. Take me with the current of your Spirit, O God. In the name of Jesus, come on, just let your spirit be open to the Lord right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you for your flow. Thank you for your unction, Jesus, the unction from the Holy One. We're going to yield to it, God, and allow you to perform your work, Jesus. Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. You can be seated tonight for a few for a few minutes. I think I'm just mess messing this thing up again. <laughs> the Lord, uh, I feel like this afternoon began to deal with me about uh, about connections. And I, I couldn't help but think as Elder was speaking of, of the flow of the Lord and it, it going so much more beyond uh, a gathering like this. Um, this really is, I've, I've heard it said, this really is just like the training ground um, or this is kind of like learning to ride your bike with, with training wheels. <laughs> and then we go out into the world and, and it's time to Put, put that practice into practice and take off the uh, training wheels of, of Elder always being there or, um, or having the safe place of the four walls of place called a church instead of having the discomfort of, okay, now I'm the church. <laughs> I'm the example of the church in the world. And a, I don't know if it's a broader, but another of course, illustration of, of that, of us as the church is, is us as the body. We're the body of Christ. And it's, it's kind of important for a body to function, uh, for it to be all in one piece. <laughs> um, it's it's a, a body that's had its, its members uh, cut off, whether by an accident or on purpose or a disease maybe came into the body, and so that disease affected this part. Maybe it affected a limb, or you know, there's certain diseases that affect the eyesight. Um, we know of in Scripture the leprosy that would affect parts of the body, and and so they those those parts would just lose their life, and they would fall off. And so it's it's crucial of of 
of course, in order to have the, the flow of the Holy Ghost, it's so crucial that we are connected, first of all, to the source of that flow, which is the head. Um, nobody has life without a head, without a brain, without that, that function to, to, it's like the motherboard of the body. And the same is true for us as the church. No church has life. It's not connected to the head. And then no part of that body has life that's not connected to the head and the rest of the body. And so I, I think what's, what's kind of uh, emphasized this for me is some of the points Bishop made on Sunday and the burden that he shared with us in those few short moments of of the connections that we have with individuals outside of the church and outside of the body and the importance of, of the time that we're in and taking each of those, those connections or those interactions very seriously and realizing that, the, that our interaction, our connection with people, whether it be one time or every day, we could be that only person that's a part of the body of Christ that they ever come in contact with. And if, if, if we don't have a, a perspective of that reality, it's, uh, it's easy to kind of go through our day a little bit nonchalant and without the, uh, the weight of that responsibility. And it's not a weight that we, we, we know the scripture says that his, his yoke is easy, his burden is light. So it's not a weight that weighs us down with condemnation, but I believe it's, it's a weight that should be in our mind constantly of, of, okay, I'm connected to the body, I'm connected to my brothers, my sisters, I'm connected to the head. Because of that connection, I have the spirit flowing through me, and I, I heard this story, and I, I wish I, I, I think it was actually in one of my college classes, so I was trying to think of this before service if I could find it, but Essentially, the story went, and it was uh, this man of God. I don't remember who it was either, but a man of God. I want to say it was T.W. Barnes, but maybe not. Um, but he went to this to this place of another religion that was uh, somewhat uh, occultish. Um, and there was this individual, I think it was like a monk or something like that, who'd been preparing their whole life for this certain role, this certain position, uh, within their kind of organization and, and religion. And whatever all he did, this uh, very not godly or very non-godly things, um, whatever it was, it was, it was preparation. And, and he'd done some very specific things his whole life preparing for this thing. And he had this interaction with this man of God. And whatever the interaction was, um, like I said, the details are kind of fuzzy for me, but the significant part of the story is they had this interaction and the man of God, I, I can't remember if he put his hand on his shoulder as he said bye to him or even just shook his hand and said, you know, good to meet you and whatever went on his way. No, nothing more than that. He didn't, didn't pray for him, anything. And a, a few days later or even a week later, that, that man reached out to the man of God and said, I don't know what you did, but you touched me and and you, you ruined everything. Something's wrong. <laughs> Whatever it was that, um, and I wish I knew, I could remember more of the details of that story, but that, that simple touch to someone that was, that was connected, 
to to the body of Christ and to the head, the source of the life, the source of that flow that we that we want to see go outside of these four walls. And you know, there's there may be opportunities. Of, of course, you can't just go around touching people. Um, there may be opportunities of of an interaction where you pray for them. And um, I have friends who. <laughs> been a little bit awkward for me but I we've even been at coffee shops and just a connection that's been made with the uh, barista or the cashier that because we've went there so much and just talk to them and each week kind of get an update on their life and uh, at one point we we prayed with this individual and it is a man <laughs> and so he he my friend he really emphasized that that touch point and so he would like hold the the people's hand and pray pray right there and like I said, it was a little awkward uh, for me, just the moment we're there, c- kind of in line at this coffee shop, and he's, he's there holding <laughs> this other man's hand across the counter and, and praying for him. Um, but that, that willingness of, of surrender, that even if I look kind of funny sometimes, um, that, that interaction, those connections, and of course it doesn't always have to be, doesn't always have to be physical, um, our words have power, but there is something clearly in Scripture uh, powerful when it comes to the, a physical touch. Um, there's, there's plenty of Scriptures and examples of, of laying on of hands and praying. We did it on Sunday, the faith that was in this room of laying on of hands of those that were sick or had different infirmities. And... I'm kind of kind of torn tonight. I um, thought I was going to one completely different direction, and uh, so now I'm trying to trying to break away from from the few notes I had. Uh, but if you have your Bibles, I just want to read one one passage. that I think, I think goes along with this, and, and the Lord kind of quickened a, a portion of this to my mind, and as I was just reading the passage, and it's hard to just pull one verse out, um, at least for me it is, and, and for it to do it justice, so I won't read the whole chapter, but Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11 And it's, I think it's important to remember this is a letter written to a church, written to a, a group of believers that were part of the body of Christ. And for verse 11, the, the apostle said that um, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should know that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Talked about that a little bit on Sunday. With every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth and love, 
may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. From whom the whole body, speaking of, of Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together. By what, and this is, this is our part, this is, this is where we come in. By what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. That means each of us have a share. Each of us have a, a role and a responsibility. It's not just the group that it mentioned in verse 11, the apostles and the prophets or the evangelists or the pastor or the teachers. But if you're part of the body, if you're connected to the body, connected by the joints, to myself, to Brother Vance, however you're connected here in this body, we each have, we each have a part, we each have a share in the effective working of it. And it causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. And there's a whole lot, whole lot more there I'd, I'd love to read, and you can go read it later, but I just... And maybe it's maybe it's due to our a little bit our combined service on Sunday and our time of fellowship afterwards. But I believe that the enemy is the enemy is aware of how the body of Christ works, and he knows that where two or three are gathered together in His name, that the Lord will be in the midst of us and. That one can send a thousand to flight, but two can send ten thousand to flight. And he knows that that when we are joined together in unity, that that commands a blessing from the Lord. And so the the devil, the enemy uh, of our souls and of of those that are in this world still lost, he he may not may not have a full grasp of the plan of God or know what God's trying to do in this city and in this church. But he, he knows it's whatever it is, it's a lot more effective when we're unified <laughs> and when we are of, of one mind and, and one accord of, of one body. And so he's going to do whatever he can to try to thwart that by causing divisions or causing there to be um, just that divisions among us. If he can cause there to cause us not to be knit together and, and at every joint, then that strength with which the joint supplies will will be lacking and we'll have we'll have weakness in certain areas that we that we shouldn't if we would have been connected in the way that the Lord intended and and continuing as well to edify one another in love. And I I, I do actually I want to read a couple more verses in, in that passage here. Verse 17 of, of Ephesians 4, it says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, and being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, and because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness 
with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus and the spirit of truth. Verse 22, that you put off concerning your former conduct. The old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Sometimes the, the connections that the Lord wants to make with us in the body of Christ, they require us putting off some things Uh, and that's true that's always true for us to put on Christ but it's it's continual when when there's different connections that it it always amazes me different friends that I have and have made along my life that maybe I knew them for a year or two before I became close friends with them Um, but then something just happened and we we got super close in a short amount of time and as, as I've reflected on that over the years, I realized that there was something that had to change in myself and something that had to change likely in them as well for that connection to be able to, to be made. And oftentimes that change is a, a losing of myself, a putting off of former things that, that would cause me to say, Man, I don't want to be friends with that guy. <laughs> I don't want to be connected with so-and-so because whatever, because pride uh, that would be in my heart that would say I'm any better than so-and-so, and so I can't be connected that closely with them. And, of course, this, this attitude, this mindset is, is as the Gentiles. It's not those who've been transformed by the Spirit of God and have been put into the body. Because we're one body, and if we, if we continue to have, have that mindset, then... We're going to be a leg over here trying to do its own thing while the rest of the body hobbles around trying to go this direction. And so I want to be, I want to be humble in, in unity with each of you for, for the work of God that, that he's doing today. I want the connection to each of you because I can, focus, I can focus so much sometimes on my connection to God, which we, we should, we have to. And in doing so, I can avoid the connections with my brothers or my sisters. And I can say, well, you know, I'm too spiritual for that or too spiritual for this gathering, this thing. Of course, I'm not, not picking on anyone. But there's, a, there's just a challenge in, in myself that the things that are coming, whether it be, you know, an a addition of, of people, which I believe is, is part of, part of it, um, but also part of how the Lord wants to use each of us collectively, it takes a, it takes a singleness of mind that's, that's going to come from unity together, getting behind what the, the man of God ministers and speaks and instead of saying well I think this thing and this group says I think this thing and you know we're gonna just agree to disagree (laughs) 
And in doing so, we, we don't have the unity of the faith. We don't have the bond of peace. And then we're divided. And so if we're divided in our mind and our thoughts, then how, are we, how do we expect to go the same direction? How do we expect to accomplish the same goal that God intends for, for the church, for the body of Christ? Amen. Would you pray with me for just a moment? Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Jesus, we just want to be obedient to you. We want to be submitted to you, God, and your leading. Jesus, every connection that you've intended, we want to yield to it, Lord, and put off the former things of myself and be connected, Jesus, with each part of the body that you would intend. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we humble ourselves unto you. We humble ourselves, Jesus, to your leading, to your plan, to your direction, Jesus, in this hour that you're leading us in, that you're taking us in as one body, as one group of believers that's connected to the head, even Christ. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Brother Timothy, if you could put up 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. I'm going to be quick here. I just want to share something with you. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. Let's keep reading a little bit. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. Keep going. For the body is not one member, but many. Keep going. And if the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If my foot decides I can't throw a baseball, so I'm not a part of the body. I don't know how many, uh, I'm going to be quick about this, but I've been throwing a baseball for a long time, taught by many coaches how to throw and they don't start with your arms. They start with your legs and your feet. I'll be honest with you. Anybody heard of this thing called a crow hop before? No? You want to see what one looks like? That's what one looks like. Did I use my hands at all? But you could tell I was about to throw a ball, right? That's with the feet. But if the, feet, if the foot says, I can't throw a baseball, you know what, I can throw one a whole lot further with you doing your job, foot, than I can if I just, right? Just, uh, somebody received that, so I don't have to throw anything at you. <laughs> and if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Keep going. If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? Doesn't work that way. But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. 
Keep going. And if they were all one member, where were the body? No, that's not a body. That's just a foot. Right? If they were all the same. Keep going. But now are they many members? Yet but one body. Keep going. And if the eye cannot say to the, and the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. A couple more verses. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be feeble are necessary. Hang on. The ones that seem to be feeble, much more are necessary. Making sure we all get that. Ooh, don't let a spirit rise up in you that says, well, so-and-so is just a drag. Or just, if man, if that person wasn't there, can you imagine? Mm-mm. The feeble much more are needful. Keep going. Two more verses. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. Verse 24. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body. Everybody say tempered. He has tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. A study of these verses. I'm going to read this to you quickly, and then I think we're going to be done. A study of these verses leads me to believe that division, disunity, or schisms in the body are produced by discontent or dissatisfaction with one's place in the body. If I'm not happy with my part in the body, I could very well be on my way to causing division in the body. If I'm sitting there saying, well, since I'm not this, I'm nothing. Since I'm not that, I can't do this. I can't do whatever. The body is tempered by the Lord, and He knows what's needed at all parts. Thank the Lord he didn't put an elbow on the end of my pinky. That would not be very conducive to the body functioning. He knows what we need, how we ought to function. If you are, I, I, okay, I, I don't mean this as in like open forum, okay? I just want you to take what the Lord is sharing to each of us individually. I say if you are, and hopefully not even right now. Maybe this is all going to be for future usage or for past understanding. 
I don't think, uh, there's nobody that's come to me and said, I'm not happy with what I'm doing. I'm not happy with my role. That's not, so I, I don't know that the Lord's trying to address somebody's attitude right now, but he's giving us understanding, so we need to learn. If you are or if you get to a place where you are discontent in the body, you be honest and take that up with the Lord. Okay? Not with hurt feelings and attitude like, why don't you use me? Why can't I do this? Am I not good enough for that? Why don't they think I'm good enough? Why? If you are discontent, if you should be discontent, be honest and take it up with the Lord, for I believe He will give understanding. We talked a little bit about Job a couple of weeks ago. The whole story happened, and then he got discontent at the very end. You might remember that. Why? He did his part. He was the evangelist that reached a nation, and he wasn't happy about that. Because I don't want my part to be the one that brings the word of God to them and brings salvation to them. But the Lord took, you know, that little fourth chapter there where he, the Lord grows a tree, gives him shade, and then causes it to die. That's all just for the understanding of Jonah. Of, did I say Job? Jonah. That's for the understanding of Jonah to realize every part matters to the Lord. God has combined, mixed together, commingled, an interesting term, commingled and tempered the individual parts of the body together into one solid unit. It would be prideful of me to think that I could place myself or someone else in a more ideal or strategic place than what God has divinely designed. Oh, elder, why don't you use so-and-so to do this? You know, they would be so good at that. Well, there's, there's, I, I welcome your input, okay? But there's a difference in suggest, suggesting something and I know better than you. I can think better than you. I have, I see a plan better than you do more clearly than you do. Be why? Because the, you're, it's not about me or bishop or the oversight or the structure or anything like that. We, we just try to follow the, the leading of the Lord in all facets, including who's used to do what, who takes up the offering this day, all that stuff. You know, we just try to follow the flow of the Holy Ghost like we talked about. But if I've got an idea, I, I, I'm not trying to pin this on any one person again. This is me. I'll be honest with you. I've had ideas and times where I thought, ooh, so-and-so should really be doing this. Now there's a scripture that says that the uh, pride goeth before destruction, haughty spirit before a fall, I don't, oh, I definitely don't want to be the cause 
of destruction, especially if it's going to be in somebody else's life. That doesn't mean you get proud and then you will have destruction in your life necessarily. It could be through if you're operating through pride and you try to elevate another person to a role that they shouldn't be, you could be bringing destruction on that person. They, you could be fostering a situation that's going to lead to a fall instead of the setup that you want it to be. Does that make sense? The Lord's given us some practical things here tonight. Everybody say practical. Practical and, and spiritual don't have to be so far apart, you know. I believe in spiritual impartation of practical understanding. I heard a preacher one time say, I, I tried to get this young man. He always ran around the sanctuary during worship service. And uh, we, he always ran with his eyes closed. And the problem with that was we had a beam over here on this one side. And I, I always told him, brother, you need to open your eyes. When you're running, open your eyes. No, I like to connect with the Lord. And he said, well, one day that beam ministered to him in a way that I could not. <laughs> he got some practical understanding about why he should have run with his eyes open. I believe in, I believe in practical understanding.